Hey folks, welcome to another episode of 204060 Podcast. I'm Gene Mims, and today we're trying something different for this episode. Instead of the usual discussion between Jared, Jeff, and me, we've invited our wives to take place, uh, uh, wives in to take place and talk about the value of generational relationships from their perspective. So today's episode is going to be facilitated by our producer, Bill Seaver, and I think you're going to really enjoy this uh, episode. And thanks for listening, and tell your friends about the 204060 Podcast. Hi, welcome to the 204060 Podcast. I am Bill Seaver. I am not the usual voice that you hear on this episode, which is because... Today's episode is not our usual episode. Today we have three guests with us for a unique take on our conversation today. So uh, before we get started, before we dive into our conversation, we're going to start off. And ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? I'm Ann Mims. My husband is Gene. For those of you who have listened to the podcast in the past, he is um, usually the one talking at the beginning. I represent the 60-year-olds, and we're excited to be with you today. And I am Kathy Mims. I am Jeff's wife, and he represents the 40s. And we actually both turned 40 this year, so it's kind of hard to believe that I'm in the 40s now. And I'm McKenna. Um, I am Jared's wife, and we represent the 20s. We're officially very mid-20s. And yeah. All right, so let's talk about life stage a little bit, where you guys are, talk about kids' life. What's an average day in the life look like for you guys? I I didn't prep you on this question, but let's just give sort of round it out for people. What does life look like? So, Kathy, what does an average day in the life look like for you? Up at 6 o'clock and get the kids up and ready to go to school, and they are out the door. I either go with them because I'm a substitute teacher, or I stay home on the days that I don't teach. So we are busy. Life is in a different stage now where it's all about kids and what they're doing. They dictate most of the stuff that we do. And they're how old? They are nine. I almost forgot. Nine. <laughs> and, oh no, 11. <laughs> Thank you. And grandma told yeah. me. <laughs> 11. <laughs> so that is third grade and sixth grade and uh, have a middle schooler now. So that's very different, if you can imagine. My life is full, but I have no schedule, and that is really a fun place to be. I usually wake up around 6, and just because I like to wake up early and get busy, and I hate to be dressed late, and but I just fill my days with what I want it to be, and it's so fun just to make my own schedule, and my favorite thing is to go to lunch with friends. That not that a hard life I have? <laughs> it's actually pretty wonderful. It hasn't always been this way. I have uh, had little children now, grown and grandchildren. Kathy's husband, Jeff, is my son. And then we have a daughter, Marianne, and three grandchildren. And so my life is pretty busy with around them some, but also with our um, church responsibilities and joys. And Jean and I are real active in just planting a new church uh, that's just six weeks old. So we're real flexible with that. I started out co-teaching with another lady, um, so a women's class. And then a couple of weeks into it, Jean said, we need to teach a young adult class. So now I'm co-teaching with Jean. 
And last week I taught only for Donna, and this week I'm teaching only for Jean. So it's just very flexible, but it's fun and it's exciting. All right. McKenna, how about you? I don't have a normal day, really. Um, I'm a wedding photographer, Mm -hmm. and so um, actually I'm usually in a different city every week um, doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, my husband and I, are um, we look after my local, which is a young adults college ministry in Nashville that's a part of Judson. And um, so we do very active with that. My husband is um, also a touring worship leader, so... Uh, he's on the road a bit and I'm on the road a bit with him. We have no babies, no puppies, uh, and we're just buying a house. So kind of, it's a full plate. It's really busy. I also work as a, um, I work at Vanderbilt University Medical Center as well, a little bit here and there doing guest services and yeah, it's been fun. All right. So, um, fairly different days. Um, a day in the life is fairly different for you guys. And generationally, you guys are are also in in different um, phases and and different parts of life. So today we're going to talk about uh, generational relationships. This is a topic that very early on in this podcast, um, the guys took on as a conversation. Um, We want to hear from you ladies today on this. So here's here's the leading question. Is it better to have multi-generational relationships than just spending time with your own demographic, with your own generation. Is this, is this, so yes or no question, is it better to have multi-generational relationships? And then if so, why? Well, I'll start off with that. Hands down, yes. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit about a time in my life when I didn't have that. And that was college. So four years only around college students. And just looking back on that now, I knew it then, but I also know it more now that that was just a huge struggle for me. Everybody in the same stage of life doing the same thing. And I was eight hours away from home in a new state, in a new area of the country, and I didn't know anybody. And it would have been so helpful to have like a like a mom or a grandma or somebody like that just to kind of comfort me a little bit and just say, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and this isn't all there is. There's more to life than just schoolwork. And there's a whole world going on outside of campus. And so that's a time in my life that I just realized that I needed more types of people in my life and not just the people around me and who are just like me. I would agree with Kathy. Uh, I love having intergenerational relationships. And I was thinking about this earlier today, that the first time that impacted my life was when I was just growing up, and my aunts had a big influence on my life. I grew up in a small town and had two aunts and a grandmother in the same town, and then another aunt that was just about an hour away. And one of them, one of my aunts taught me in Sunday school when I was in high school, and that was a huge testimony of her faith, and she really imparted a lot of that to me. But the others were just like second moms, and we could go to their houses and feel right at home and be with cousins and just enjoy being with them, but just learn from them and watch them live life and go through disappointments and uh, joys. I can remember being at uh, a birthday party for one of my cousins, and my mother took my other aunt to the hospital to have a baby. And so they had the same, my cousins had the same birthday. (laughs) And so just things like that, that we were just all interrelated with each other. It was just wonderful. And I have, uh, and then on the other hand, just to be able to get to know and be influenced by 
younger people too. It keeps me from being, as my grandchildren would say, an old fuddy duddy. <laughs> you know, so just it keeps me from being just centered on myself because it would right. be very easy for me to just be centered on myself and and people my age. So it helps me to see the anticipation of younger adults and that they have about their future and uh, just the excitement in their lives and just to be a part of that. And we're part of a big thing with uh, Jared and McKenna with their ministry. And every two weeks now, they have a group of leaders with my local small group leaders who come to our house and we they don't come to about eight thirty, and by that time normally we're usually you know getting ready for bed. <laughs> we're not going to bed, but you know getting relaxed. But then they stay till ten thirty or eleven. Late. Yeah, yeah it's it is. Late. But it's fun. Everybody's having so much fun and just really feeding off each other about the kind of ministry to have with this age group, and it's it's energized us really. Yeah. We just love it, and we love yeah. to be around all of these young adults. Absolutely. And I can say that Miss Ann and Pastor Jean have brought so much to my local. Um, we've been doing it now for a couple of years, and they've been around since day one, and they bring so much. Um, I think they bring another level of Holy Spirit with them just because of how long they've been walking mm-hmm. with God. And mm-hmm. I know I really appreciate it for me personally and also mm-hmm. like for our, our ministry. And um, I'm also super thankful for Miss Ann on another like personal level too, because we actually have been hanging out a little mm-hmm. bit and talking a lot about um about marriage and a lot about what it looks like to be a godly wife mm-hmm. and um to stand beside your husband and do ministry kind of hand in hand. It's very different mm-hmm. coming from I don't know, I don't know necessarily if it's I think it's probably a generational thing, maybe a bit on um especially a lot with the the feminist movement coming um, up again in a different way, um, I think, a lot in the church. So it's been really cool to kind of like bounce ideas off off each other and just pray over the the women in the church together. Um, so I've been really thankful for that. That has been an exciting time for us to get together. It really has. Yeah. It really, really has. Yeah. And God has given me a couple of other opportunities to uh, what some people would say mentor, but just mm-hmm. befriend and just to help some younger women learn some things that God has taught me, you know, and it's some things I didn't always know, but he's taught me and then to be able to pass those things along. And it's really been exciting. Mm -hmm. Would you say, Anne, that you are typical in your desire to want to connect with a bunch of millennials for, for other, let's just say other ladies, you know, who are of similar age, similar, similar life stage. Would you say you're unusual or typical? Well, I think tip, only on the part that most women my age who would relate to younger women would relate to their children or their children's friends. But we're uh, not typical in that we're relating to people that we didn't know at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the people that have come with Jared McKenna, we did not know, but we just love them already and just Mm -hmm. enjoy spending time with them and just to see their spiritual, on one hand, maturity in a lot of ways, but also their spiritual hunger and readiness to grow uh it's really been exciting but it i don't i don't think i don't know do y'all think it's typical i don't maybe well probably not what i what i was thinking i was thinking about kind of my life i have more um older people in my life right now and i'm 40 now and i'm thinking well i need to look down like i need to look at the younger generations it's like it's time 
And I mean, I guess I'm over the hill, right? Or is no, no, no. Is that 50 now? Is that 50? I don't know. When my parents were 40, it was like all about over the hill. It was like a funeral, black and everything. I think they picked up my dad in a hearse. I can't remember. Oh, that's terrible. But I'm there, and um, it's time for me to look. Now I do teach youth, but I'm thinking more like young moms, and I'm in a different stage. I've been through babies, and that is so incredibly difficult. And so when I think about, um, I needed a lot of help when I had babies and I looked at those parents who were, you know, 10 years ahead of me, please help me. Like, you know, I need all the help I can get. And I was kind of thinking of the image of like a hill and, um, you know, I'm kind of in the middle part of that hill and the, the older people kind of pull you up that Mm -hmm. hill, like, or yeah, they, you know, they've been there. We can, you can do this, like cheering you on, Mm -hmm. rooting you on. And those younger people have so much excitement though, and enthusiasm and they're, they're passionate and they're just kind of giving you that push. It might be a little uncomfortable, but giving you that push to get up that hill, you know, so you really need both. You do. That's a good picture. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my favorite, um, Verses from the Bible talks about older women teaching younger women. And I can remember even when I was your age, Kathy, thinking I'm not older exactly, but I'm older than somebody. All of us are older than somebody, Somebody. you know, and so we all the things that God teaches us, we need to pass on to the others. And so you do have a lot to give. Yeah. And you do too, McKenna. Thanks. (laughs) So, so, So part of this then is just maybe recognizing where you are. And saying, here's the reality of where I am in life, mm-hmm. and what what is the Lord going to do with me through through this time, through this stage, through this season? So, McKenna, I mean, there's any number of things you could speak to teenage girls or yeah. college-age girls mm-hmm. yeah. about who you can say, I've been there, I've done that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you some stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It has been really cool. Um I, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of, of junior high, high school age girls over the past, I guess it's been five, six, seven years, something like that. Um, and it has been really cool. Something I also was thinking about when it comes to like the generational relationships is, um, I'm so thankful for the times in my life where something happened, a heartbreak or some sort of panic set in. And I thought it was the end of the world. And I was able to look to someone a season ahead of me and they're like, Hey girl, it's like totally fine. And you know, with high school girls, there's a lot of girls, I'm sorry. There's a lot of situations like that, that arise. It's breakups and, um, getting into college and maybe not getting into the program you want or, um, seasons of singleness, all that kind of stuff. And, now that I'm out of that, I'm able mm-hmm. to look back and say, like, it's really going to be okay. And I'm super thankful for that. So is one of the the strong threads of the multi-generational relationship perspective? Yeah. I mean, is, mm-hmm. it, is, oh, is yeah. perspective kind of mm-hmm. it? Because it sounds like that's yeah. sort of what you guys are all saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think even now, um, I'm a newlywed and being able to, well, I'm four years married. I think that's still kind of considered newlywed. We have some under, we have some kind of soil planted under us, but not a ton. Um, but, uh, being able to like think, oh my gosh, how are we ever going to like move past this one specific, um, disagreement or whatever, anything like that. And being able to talk to girls that have been married much longer than me and say, Hey, and they've told me like, you know, it works out. You get past it. So it is all about perspective. Now, sometimes, uh, and I, I believe the when the guys had this conversation 
months and months ago, um, one of the things that came up is that sometimes there's awkwardness that comes in the generations relating to each other because maybe there's a reference, uh, a cultural reference that's not caught by one or the other because, like, I have no idea who you're talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Have, have you guys experienced that where you're trying to connect with somebody in a different generation um, and there's an awkward moment or something that's just not quite connecting? And if so... Is it a story you can tell? <laughs> and uh, and how do you work through that? There are a lot of things that I don't know that, you know, that they talk about. I don't know what they're talking about. And so I'll just ask. And the, yeah. a lot of times I mean, it doesn't doesn't affect me at all I mean, what they do or what they're talking about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my life the way it is <laughs> without whatever they're doing. And so I don't know. It's not really awkward to me. I guess I've just accepted it. That that's that's who I am, and I'm I'm at peace with who I am, and you know I'm not uh, totally out of everything, but uh, there's some things that I just don't have to have for my life to be complete. Is the way I feel, and it may be better, but I'm, I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm 40, and I don't get technology. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a Facebook account, and um, it's funny. I guess yesterday was Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, yesterday I walked down to the youth and this music was blaring in the gym. And it's not my kind of music at all, but they loved it. And so you just have to join in and, you know, sometimes you sacrifice and don't listen to your music that you want to, but it was Christian music. So, um, you know, you just have to give a little and, you know, you learn a lot when you hang around young people. I have these two great teenage friends. They're in, I think they're 10th graders now. And they will call me on like a Friday night when they're together and sometimes <laughs> FaceTime me. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a joy. I'll tell you, it, it's just a huge joy in my life to be able to, to see what they're going through mm-hmm. and to, to join them with that yeah. on their journey. And hopefully I can encourage them and kind of pull them, you know, along the way. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I think one of the uh, connecting points for the relationships that you guys are speaking about is church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are churches that um, work really hard to bring the ages together. There are churches who work really hard to keep them completely separated in all the programs. And then there are other churches that um, have some combination of that. Um, what would you say the importance of church is in facilitating the multi-generational relationships. How does church help this happen? Because that seems to be that. I mean, I know church and uh, specifically Judson Baptist is the common thread here. Um, but not everybody listening to this is part of Judson um, may be the only person at their church who's even curious about this. And so they're trying to figure out how maybe they feel pretty isolated right now. Church would seem to be an obvious place to go. How do you agree? And if so, how, how would you encourage them? Church is the best place for me to meet people of different ages and to relate to them. And and like Kathy was saying, it's like with the music, it's not about me. Mm-mm. You know, you have mm-hmm. to you have to say. And I remember when you got married, you said that, Bill. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you, said, I remember that. <laughs> you said I had to learn that it's not about me. <laughs> so we're going to bring you into this conversation. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> but we found that here at Judson, I mean, everybody serves. Uh, in uh, Awana and so many things, uh, people just Bible school. 
everybody serves. Um, we're just, we all do. We have to have everybody working, and we want to. And it's the best way to get to know people and to know people of other generations and even children or, or senior adults just to just to be with people, to spend time with people. That's how you build relationships, is spending time with them. And I was thinking about that the best place for me, and this is kind of getting, well, I'll bring this up later, mm-hmm. but y'all, could, y'all talk about church. <laughs> okay. Well, I just thought of an example. Um, several years ago, we needed some more youth workers. And so we walk out in the lobby after we had talked about it, and Chuck was standing in the, and he is like, how old is Chuck, 80 years old? How old is he? I don't, I don't even know. know. <laughs> he looks young for his age, but because he's 70 strong. something anyway. He's strong, and he's, but he's bald. You know, he's crazy. Hey, Chuck. He worked for the TBI. I mean, yeah. like he runs five he's miles a day hilarious. or something. Oh it's amazing. We're like, Chuck, yeah. you're so funny. You need to work with the youth. And he said, no, no, they don't want to hear from me. And we finally got him to go down there. And he's still teaching youth. And that was several years ago. And a couple months ago, I looked in the gym because I heard all this loud music and they were doing this camp song dance. And he, I even videoed it. He was boogieing down. And it was so great. And I love it because it's uncomfortable. And it's still, it's probably a little uncomfortable for him. He'd probably rather be with people his own age. But he's doing it for the kingdom. And I just so appreciate that. I love it. And the boys love him. His Sunday school class, they, they're just wild about him. McKenna, is this your first time to be in such a multi-generational church or not? Um, I grew up, my husband and I both grew up in a pretty, you know, pretty diverse church as far as um, ages go and stuff like that. And I know um, from my own experience, Jared and I were actually just talking about this. It's so funny that I'm that we're having this conversation because there was a um a bus driver. He was actually a semi truck driver at the church we grew up at. And he was the only one that was able to drive the church bus, like the bigger one, to take all of our all the kids on like little mission trips and stuff like that. And he his name was Mr. Perry. And he's in Michigan. I I, you know, don't know if he'd ever you know, listen to, I don't know if he knows how to listen to podcasts, <laughs> but he was Mr. Perry and he was one of our senior adults at church. And, um, he was one of the only, I think the only senior adult that really did a ton with our, our junior high and our, our high school students. But I remember how much he brought to the table driving our bus and he would sing with all of us and tell all of his stories and be goofy and all that kind of stuff. And it meant a lot to us. Um, and so I think that um, having, you know, generations serving together is super, super vital. It's fun. It, it should be fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also think like I was, you know, talking about doing small group meetings over at at your guys' house. Um, you guys having so many years behind you of doing small groups specifically and sharing what you know with us taught us so much like if we would have just ran with it on our own a bunch of like 20 somethings I don't really know where they would end up and they're really flourishing really well right now and I think like how much you know emphasis I think millennials really want to just have community like that's really what we're looking for is community and a place to feel comfortable and a place to feel like we belong so I feel like a lot of times tendencies for for small groups become just like a hangout, but having you share with us the importance of like, we need to talk about what's actually important and community is important, but talking about Jesus, let's actually really get into the word together. Um, I think that that was a make or break piece of um, wisdom for our, 
our leaders. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Sure. Well, one thing I was going to say a while ago, which was getting off the subject, but you <laughs> led into it. <laughs> Sorry. Was that we have found that having people in our home is the best way to get to know people and to mm-hmm. build relationships. Yeah. And we have u- learned to use our home at, mm-hmm. for hospitality, but it, it took me a while to do that. And I read a really good book that is called Open Heart, Open Home by Karen Maines. And I happened to get to meet her. She's from Chicago, and I got to meet her one time and have lunch with her. And that was like it's a bucket list thing. It wasn't. But when I met her, it was just so wonderful. But it changed my uh, perspective on using our home for ministry and not yeah. for entertaining. To mm-hmm. she says to let um, make people the most important thing and not mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. not to try to inter- um, to to impress people, but to minister to people. That's and good. that's it. Just changed my whole outlook on using our home. And so we've done that a lot. And in fact, Bill lived with us. We were talking about it earlier. Lived with us one summer. And um, we've had fourteen college students live with us in summers. Wow. Which is a lot, but I think I may be through with it. I think I might be getting too old for it. I don't I'm glad know. to know I wasn't the last you one. You weren't the last one. Yeah. <laughs> but we, you know, so that's kind of extreme hospitality. Well, I think you guys um, are, have created um, a, a legacy of generosity and, yeah. and mm-hmm. letting, letting younger people into your life mm-hmm. to um, observe when, you know, Gene's acting a little crazy and wants to just start singing mm-hmm. old bluegrass songs or something like that. Like you're only going to get that probably, you know, because you live there and then yeah. you get to know that side. And then, I mean, I, I have great memories of that summer. That was a long like time ago, a couple two, 20 years ago almost yeah. at this point, which is hard to believe. Yes. But, um, you know, anyway, so I think, but that, that is paying off even now because mm-hmm. that's a model that even now I have is I have four kids and, um, they're seeing, a mom and dad who want to be generous. And so I think you guys modeled that really well for us. And and so, you know, generosity was not something that I saw modeled all the time in my home growing up. And I think I got that from knowing Jeff early on in college because he was really generous in college. I don't know if you can believe that or not. Because well, he got a really good allowance. <laughs> <laughs> He got a lot of really good food from, that got sent from Nashville, as I recall, as well. He's um, spoiled, huh? Let's not talk about Gene that. Gene used to say, I want to die and come back as my kids. <laughs> because that's such a good life. Uh, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah, and, um, that's true. But, but I know, but Jeff was super generous in, yeah. in college and, and, you know, where we met. And so, and then when I lived with you guys that summer. So I think you guys have built a great legacy of generosity and letting a lot of generations come through your doors and spend time, whether it's once a week or once every other week. I don't know how often you guys meet, but I mean, so I think that's, um, so it's interesting to hear what you're saying about the book and, and opening your home. I, so I was, cause I was going to ask how long ago did that happen? Cause, cause you were certainly doing that 20 years ago. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a life changing, one of the first life changing books that I read. Mm-hmm. I have a few, like a handful of books that have totally changed my life. One is the one that McKenna and I are, mm-hmm. Studying the Excellent Wife by Martha Peace. Another one is Concentric Circles of Concern, is a relational evangelism by uh, Oscar Thompson. I mean, those completely changed my life. And but Open Heart, Open Home is something that just is a part of our lives every day. And I've seen Jeff and Kathy and our daughter Marion and Justin 
love to have people in their homes and use their homes as a place for ministry too. And you're going to find that moving into a new house, that's going to give you so many more opportunities, Mm -hmm. McKenna. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we need to wrap this up. Um, So I'm going to ask two questions and you can take this where you want. Um, One, how would you encourage somebody in your age group? So speak to, speak to your 20, 40 or 60, wherever you find yourself, Mm -hmm. speak to somebody who's in that um, category, who's maybe isolated. Mm-hmm. And needs needs a little push, needs a little encouragement. Um, how would you advise him or her to start to connect with people in other generations? Mm-hmm. And then, secondly, I'm curious to know what's your personal takeaway from this conversation tonight. Mm-hmm. I would tell people not to wait on other other people to invite them. I think sometimes we say, well, nobody in that generation is reaching out to me, but we need to take the initiative. That's good. And and. And get to know other people. Invite them to do something. Meet for a Coke. Meet, you know, meet for coffee, whatever. Come to my house for dessert. I mean, it doesn't have to be a meal. It can, you know, just be a little bit. But just take the initiative to get to know other people. If you see, meet somebody and you think, I'd like to get to know them, do it. That's really good. Um, I think for me, what I would say to, um, let's see, to the gen- to my generation would be, um, to I was thinking about this a little bit earlier to look forward to the like the generations in front of you and seek as much wisdom as you can from them and to look behind you the generations that are coming up behind you and remember that um that like like what you girls were saying earlier there is someone who's always going to be I can't remember who said that someone who's going to be younger than you mm-hmm. um and then also I was also thinking like look right next to you to those that are also in your generation and remember to keep on like teaching even the people that are the same age as you what you've learned from from the generations in front of you. Um and then from from today I think um what you said Miss Kathy about um when you were a new mom how just scared you were not knowing what to do. I think I'm going to walk away from this remembering all of these young girls that are getting ready to get married here pretty soon and how scared I was when I was about to get married because I never lived with a boy before. I didn't even have a brother. I had a dad. But um, anyways, I'm going to remember to encourage them and let them know that healthy marriage is totally possible. I was reading this um, Home Life. Is Home Life the magazine that we get? Yes. I typically don't read that, yes. but I just grabbed it the other day. And there was this article about gratitude that I read, and it was really good. And then one of the lines said something about, um, don't let a blessing become a burden to mm. you. And so I, I think about this mainly in church and just how we have a lot of different generations in our church and how that needs to be a blessing. And I would mm-hmm. encourage somebody who maybe doesn't want to work with younger kids or youth or older people or whatever to consider it a blessing. God has brought these people here and let's do something about it. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just do it. Just say yes and just jump in and you'll find yourself like Chuck. You might actually enjoy it. So just (laughs) give it a try, you know? And um, I guess my takeaway, you said something, Anne, about that you have time And I feel like I don't right now. I'm just like, you know, just kids and then soccer and then swimming and all these things, you know. And But I really need to take some time and to slow down and to look at the people behind me and the generations Mm -hmm. coming up and to do that and to invest in them. That's good. And it's a reminder for me to to use my time wisely and to invest in other people's Mm -hmm. lives. And just I was thinking about a lot of people who – 
are really lonely or never have anybody touch them or hug them, yeah. you know, who really need that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, don't, I need to invest in other people. I, I really don't need to invest in myself, mm. you know, mm-hmm. not, I mean, a little bit, but, but, <laughs> but I, I, you know, to look at other people and meet yeah. their needs. All right, ladies, um, there's no doubt you did way better uh, on this episode uh, topic than the guys did several months ago, um, but we won't tell them that. So um, thank you for joining us tonight, and um, thank you for listening to the 204060 podcast. Um, please subscribe, please share, please rate uh, the podcast on iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, and we look forward to you joining us again next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.